Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Just the Sip. I am pretty excited about our guest today because I feel like she is one of the women who got me intrigued in media and in Hollywood in the first place. I feel like she was that bitch before that bitch even existed. So for me to have my next guest here is gonna be a pretty goddamn big deal. And if you've seen Blank Man, and I know everyone has seen Boomerang, and if you're of the younger generation, she is on Riverdale and now on the own show, Ambitions. I'm gonna sit here and sip with Robin Givens. I don't know how deep this is gonna get, but I have a feeling it's gonna get deep. This woman has been through a lot and she shared a lot and she saved a lot of lives and she's done some shit in her career. Without further ado, I'm gonna welcome Robin Givens in the studio and we gonna take this in. I remember the first time I saw a woman wear stockings with a sling back. A, I knew I was gay. <laughs> but B, I knew it was fabulous. And C, I learned that it was Robin Givens. <laughs> Welcome, yeah. Robin Givens oh, here. Thank you. How are you today? I'm well. I'm doing well. I'm happy to be sitting here and, and talking with you like this. You I'm know so what I mean? happy. I feel like this conversation has been almost 20 years in the making, making. Mm -hmm. because you were so much a part of my media and movie experience throughout the years with Blank Man and Boomerang. <laughs> And my kids love that movie, Blank Man. My aunt's favorite comeback, whenever she would fight, my mom had <laughs> six sisters, there was like seven of them, and my aunt's favorite comeback was, that bitch thinks she's Robin Givens, and she ain't. <laughs> and I, literally, everybody be like, mm, mm, she thinks she's Robin Givens. <laughs> like, that was her. That bitch thinks she's Robin Givens. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. Oh my God, that's yes. so funny. So because funny. you were that bitch. You were that bitch. Oh, that is so funny. You were starring in one of the Grace Jones, Eddie Murphy, you know, yeah. Eartha Kitt. Right. You yeah. had this movie come out that was almost, it was unbelievable. Yeah. And it's still, till today, if you turn on USA, you catch it at the right time, right. two o'clock on a it's Sunday. It's probably on. It's probably on. Yeah. Did you know how big that was going to be? No. And it's it's funny because Eddie and I had been friends when I still thought I was going 
to become a doctor. I met him my sophomore year in college. Yeah. I was at Sarah Lawrence, loving acting, but it was still very much a hobby. He had just gotten Saturday Night Live. And so he I, was hot. He, like, it was like the moment. Oh, yeah. He had just gotten. He was so excited. He had just gotten the show. And it was before. The so 10 Kids. Yeah. It was before the 10 Kids. Oh, my God. It was, it was long ago. <laughs> but so, it was, so we had known each other. Um, and even when I got out here and was doing Head of the Class, he was like, Simone, he always calls me by my middle name. Yeah. Simone, you're doing whatever. Like, So it was funny to kind of now be auditioning for a movie that he's doing and then be working with this person that really, who knew me before. For he, he really he knew just, you. yeah, he completely knew me. So maybe that was part of a little bit of magic, I think, yeah. in the whole thing. But I saw him, I guess it's been a few years now, at a comedy club. And he said, Simone, Givens, who knew we did a classic? Like, who knew we were doing a classic? Yeah. So that's kind of cool. You know, when you hit in the 80s, did you know immediately that this was going to be something that you were going to do for a long time? No. So that's a really good question to me and for me because it took me to like recently where I go, oh, my God, I'm an actress and I do this for a living. You know, I, and, and that might be hard to wrap your mind around, but, you know, I, I'm from a family I'm raised by a single mom, mm, my sister, and, I, and she really believed that education was a great equalizing factor in America. So that, you know, education was very, very important. And um, I ended up graduating from college a little early. I started at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Acting became my sort of hobby, the thing yeah. I did. But it was hard to accept in my family. And then I think because it was hard for them to accept, yeah. it was hard for me to accept that this is up? what I was going to do in New York, in, in New, New York, York, right outside of the city. Right outside of the city. Yeah. I grew up in the South. Yeah. So we didn't have, like, there wasn't actors around the corner or stage productions. Right. Like, there wasn't any of that. So it's so interesting to me because you didn't only graduate early, you graduated from Sarah Lawrence right. and then got into Harvard Medical. Right. What was it well, like? I went to Harvard grad because then I started... I was. I knew by the time I got to Harvard, I was going to try to do something else. Yeah. But I, you know, then you have to get all of you know the things you need. Yeah. But how was that conversation with your mom? Like, hey, I am now gonna give up on this dream that I have had for so long and that you have had, and I'm gonna do this acting. Yeah. You know, I think if I'd gone to a different undergraduate school and not Sarah Lawrence, which happened to be very close to my home, I was 15 when mm -hmm. I went to college, so I wanted to go away to college but still be close to home, I probably would be a doctor today because you kind of just followed. But at Sarah Lawrence, they encouraged the arts, right? Yeah. So um, Lauren Holly was my roommate in school. You That's know, everybody. Crazy. So um, it was hard for a really, really long time. I was telling somebody recently, I was doing vagina monologues. It was myself and Rosie Perez and Debbie Mazar. And she came to see me and she said, you know what? Maybe you should do this. You're pretty darn good at it. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing it for yeah. a while. <laughs> yeah, it was hard. You were 15 when you went off to college. Mm -hmm. You're a mother of two boys. Yeah. Could you imagine your boys going to college at 15 years old? No. Oh, my God. Women are just beyond advanced. But back then, you just had to grow up. Quick. You just grew up, and it was something you did. I mean, I, I I would let my boys do half the things I did. I mean, I was going on auditions. I've been doing this since I was like 10, and I wanted to do it, right? Yeah. So you take the train into the city by myself, or I'd get on the subway, or, you know, I was doing The Wiz. I got to win the, the, the movie, and I Wait, was like, yes. Yes, I was like graffiti, and I'm like, you get all this stuff on. I'm on the train. I'm like, I would never let my child be on a train today. <laughs> was it safer back then, do you think? I think it was just 
kids were different. When I was 15, I had two jobs. Right. And I had a bank account right. and I was managing things and I was paying for high school. And there was no and cell phone. I had a beeper. Yeah, you had a beeper. I had a beeper. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. And when that page came through, yeah, you, you had <laughs> 10 minutes yeah. to get to that motherfucking phone. Yeah. Like that yeah. was my mother's thing. You had 10 motherfucking <laughs> minutes to call my ass back. Yeah. I did. It's amazing. It's changed it's quite so a crazy. bit. When you decided to have kids, your career was bumping. Mm -hmm. You had A-list name recognition. Mm -hmm. The fear of giving that up must have been, or was it scary? Oh, and did gosh. you think that you would ever come back and be welcomed back into you, this situation? I don't think I thought about any of those things. I think I was so young, you know? Um, you know, and I, I had gone through such an interesting, rocky road in many respects. I mean, I knew that I loved acting. Yes. You know, I knew. So if I was at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, or I was studying this, or at Sarah Lawrence studying. I just knew I loved the craft of acting. I had no idea that fame came with acting. Like, I didn't know... I didn't think about people watching, <laughs> you know, or people then and going through your garbage or people writing about you or not being able to walk down the street. Well, when did that bus hit you? Because that's oh, a really great, hit, like, what was it, that it, moment? It hit me and it hit me hard. <laughs> I was like, we were talking about this a, a, a little bit before you and I, like, I remember, like, getting to Hollywood, which was, like, a big thing, you yeah. know, getting on a plane, taking People's Express out. That, Like, you know, it was just a random thing. Old school. Old school. There you go. <laughs> and, you know, three days I had a job with Faye Dunaway. And then when I was doing Beverly Hills Madam with Faye Dunaway, I had a choice to do Amen or Head of the Class. And somebody said, you got to pick one. And I chose Head of the Class. I had no idea that people watched through that. Screen. Yeah. And so many people, I remember being with Mindy Marin at dinner, who was a great casting director, and she said, enjoy your last night of anonymity. And I was like, ah. Yeah, go please. And then when you can't walk the street, it becomes, you know, at first yeah. it's kind of interesting. It, it just hit me hard. How old were you when it hit you? Oh, gosh. I think I was about 22, 23, you know? I think, you know, when I started, Head of the Class was a very popular show. Huge. Um, and then, you know, being involved in a very public relationship where you literally are sending somebody. My sister used to go out the building. My sister and I look yeah. very much alike. We'd go out the front door to get the paparazzi photographing her so we could sneak out the back door, <laughs> you know, or people in your garbage or people like, yeah. I didn't know any of that. Somebody should have told me. Somebody should have told you. <laughs> that woman tried to sit your ass down at that deli and tell you what was happening. Yeah, yeah. When did you feel like the media had turned? Because I'm sure there was a love-hate relationship with it for a very long time, more love. And then there must have been a moment where there's a curve. It's, there's always a curve. Yeah. I mean, I think that, look, I was at, on Head of the Class, which was a nice, wholesome. I used to talk about this with Luke Perry, yeah. who did Riverdale with me. And I was saying, you guys came on when we were like a little bit through Head of the Class. We were like our third season. And we couldn't do anything on Head of the Class. We couldn't kiss. We couldn't date. It was like... You know, it was like yeah. Lucille Ball, they were sleeping in different beds. Yeah. Like, we used to, and we were adults. We were like, give us something to do. <laughs> and then 90210 came on, and they were like... Making out. Yeah, they were like having a burned. good time. Somebody had a pregnancy test. Yeah, so it was really popular. I, I think I was voted by People Magazine most likely to break out from the show, and I got to do the cover with Howard Hessman. But yeah. I don't think you have any sense of what that is or what you're gearing up for. Um, so I think there was a lot of love then and a lot of attention, you know, and then when I met 
a man and my ex-husband, there was a lot of attention. And then when I wanted to get not be there anymore in that relationship. That's when it turned. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But so I think it was very hard for me to be a 23 year old. I always tell people when they try to talk Wait, you about were it. 23. Yeah. When like, you went through. Yeah. So I was I always think like I look at my children. I'm like, oh, my God, you brought it like they they're older. My older son is older than I was when I was going through, through everything that I went through. But it was hard to have a voice of your own in that. You were steadfast in it all. Yeah. And you stood there and you fought. And why was that important for you? Oh, well, I don't think I was fighting for anything except my own survival. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, quite honestly, I, I, don't, uh, I don't think I was standing up for anything or anyone except I just wanted to live, Yeah, <laughs> you know, quite honestly. Um, so I didn't understand a lot was happening. It was just kind of just a survival mechanism. And I think it was, it's hard for anybody to wrap their mind around if people aren't going through it, but that was a big thing for me. Yeah, looking back on that, I mean, it being a 23 year old young lady, mm -hmm. now being a woman who has lived through, survived and talked about it mm. what has that experience taught you about yourself oh well first of all you know i'm working on it i used to, i used to, i was saying to somebody even before speaking with you you know perfection used to be sort of the thing that i would mm. strive for and mm. I, kind of, I kind of have given that up and i certainly i'm working on it <laughs> um but i think i think that experience really gave me a sense of compassion for people you know it gave me uh, a sense of hoping at least that you can go through difficult times yeah. and situations and really try to be better for it. Um, because I, I really believe that our details are very different in life, but I don't believe that anybody gets out of a difficult time. Okay. <laughs> I just was having this conversation with someone because I feel like a lot of times when you go through something like that, you blame yourself. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. a lot of blame put on mm -hmm. yourself and you have to go through this journey mm -hmm. where you have to forgive yourself. Yeah. And that's almost like, why am I so easy to forgive this person and that person, yeah. but I can't forgive myself? Yeah, why is that? It's the weirdest <laughs> thing. But I also think it's part of perfection. Like, this yeah. is not how my life was supposed to go. At what point in your life did you forgive yourself? I think I'm still working on it. I, I think that, I think that... I like the person that I am and the person that I'm becoming. Um, I feel much more comfortable in my skin, I suppose, as you should, as, as you an should. adult, than, you know, as a child. Because basically, you're such a young adult, 23. right? And it's okay to not have known everything. I think the more we know ourselves, the yeah. better our choices are. So I think... You know, even when you were talking about leaving the business for a time, I just know for me, um, there was something I had gone through where I thought I should have had a child then and I wanted a child. It was the only thing I could think about. Yeah. And that became my focus. So I adopted my my first son. Um is, I was I was telling someone it was like the first miracle I really remember being aware of, and he wow. was like four or five weeks old, and really came into my life, and I think in many respects was a very much healing part of my yeah. life. I got to see the world all over again, yeah, and it seemed brand new, and it seemed innocent, and it seemed good. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you can get to a point when things are thrust at you, and such 
lies and BS and, and there's whatever. No anchor. And you're like, this is terrible. The world's <laughs> a horrific place. And then all of a sudden you start to believe again. You, you know? get that anchor. Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend who recently and is still going through the process of having a child and she's having trouble. And I often talk to her about the miracle of adoption mm -hmm. and her fear is that she won't feel connected oh. to set that child. Right, right. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Right. I've talked to so many people about right. it. It's the option that I want to go through. Right, right. And what was that? Did you ever have that thought that you wouldn't feel that connection with that baby? Somebody very close to me when I was thinking of it said, basically, she had her third child. She goes, basically, even when you're having the baby, you have to go, hi, my name is, you know. <laughs> yes. And I've had both experiences. So I always kind of say, with my first child, I gained absolutely no weight. And with my second child, I gained Hell of a lot of weight. <laughs> and that's kind of the only difference, you know? That's kind of, I mean, the, we had such a connect. He and I have a, a really wonderful bond. And a, we, we were just kind of meant to be. Yeah. You know, it was sort of how our souls came together, you yeah. know, in this very unique way. And now that you have these two kids, because I often say we don't have the tough conversations with boys that mm -hmm. we should have. We tell girls how they should be treated and mm -hmm. how they should carry themselves, right. but we never tell young men mm -hmm. about how to treat women, mm -hmm. about consent, about domestic violence. How are you having those tough conversations with your sons? Well, you know, they've lived with me, right? So they've been a part of my life continually. And I'll, I'll tell you a story I haven't shared very often but we were in my family's originally from lexington kentucky and um when my mom's mom my grandmother passed away she ended up wanting to get a home there mm -hmm. just to kind of be close to yeah. her mom and something she was going through and we ended up kind of redoing this home like literally we were like get the hammers out you take down that wall i'll take down this wall and I remember going into a movie theater with my sons taking yeah. them to the movies in this random place danville kentucky and somebody said are you Robin Givens? And I was like, well, yeah, you know, you kind of keep everything. I got my overalls on, but yeah. I'm kind of like, you know. You try not to be yeah, fabulous, yeah, but you're just fabulous. Oh, boy, I don't know about that. <laughs> and he said, weren't you married to that Mike Tyson? You know, and I went, oh, no, 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 no. No, not me. <laughs> and my sons looked up at me. And then my older one at the time, I forget, you were married to Mike Tyson? And I went, Okay. <laughs> but no, I did. I literally, I was like, because I'm telling her no, and I was about to tell him no, and I was like, we've got to have this conversation. Yeah. Seriously? It was so interesting. And I rarely, I think, have I shared that, but I remember that moment where you do have to deal with your kids, not as babies, but as part of society yes. and growing up. Yes. And, you know what I mean? So I think that was kind of the kickoff for us. And, you know, I've done some speaking for women. I used to be the spokesperson for the Domestic Violence Hotline. Amen I just for tried that. To speak, Amen for that. Just be involved in, you know, certain places. They would go with me and and just, we just have conversations. And I, I really say this wholeheartedly. Like, I, I really wanted and want to give the world to good Men, husbands, that's and your fathers. goal as a parent. It really is, yeah. That's that was your goal, my goal as a parent. Yeah, and I hope, hopefully, I did it. Hopefully. Well, you should have been like, you know what? Since <laughs> we're gonna have this rough conversation, if you're ever listening to Howard <laughs> yeah. Stern, dated him too. 
Because by the way, Howard Stern is fine. Oh, I love Howard. I love yeah. Howard yeah. Stern. Yeah, I love him. He's just a really smart, smart person and really kind and, you know, so different than a persona, which is yes. interesting than, than, you know, 100%. married a wonderful, beautiful woman. Um, but certainly he and I would have conversations like like we're having yeah. now, which is which is really nice. Yeah. yeah. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Now, um, you did something that I've always wanted to do, and one of my best friends did it. Her name is Faye Resnick. I mm -hmm. love her dearly. You post for Playboy. I did. Tell me. I mean, again, you were coming off this like very buttoned up show. Right. Out of this marriage. Right. And you're like, I'm going to post for Playboy. Yeah. I'm going to do this shit. My poor mother. <laughs> you're poor. My poor Catholic This episode mother. is called what My Poor I Mother. It is. It should be. <laughs> it's like weird. She still loves me. I love her so much because she still loves me no matter what I put her through. <laughs> where did you come from? Right. My family's always like, where did you come from? Well, I think I was First of just... all, did you get the call from Hef? No, 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 I didn't. Greg Gorman, who shot me, mm -hmm. uh, and I were dear friends, so he'd shot me a number of times. Um, and I think they had asked somebody, whatever it was, Greg and I end up talking, and he does beautiful nudes. Beautiful. Yeah, his work I know is, exactly who he is. <laughs> he's, I yeah, want him to do mine. Yeah, he's fabulous. And it was just something I was like, well, Greg, if you do it, maybe we can do something, you know, like fabulous and yeah. um and different you know and uh i think they're really beautiful and they let me write my own article i love writing that's so awesome. i got to I, I felt like my own voice at that time had gotten so lost so i wanted to speak it myself was, it was your time it was your yeah. social media yeah hit the yeah button yeah moment. yeah so we did it and and that's another thing just with kids then you have to go Oh my God, have my kids seen that? I'm naked. That's my butt and my boobs. <laughs> my real little boobs. Those with the, my boobs, you know. That's when you know your A list, when your let me explain myself moment came in one of the biggest magazines <laughs> uh, like, ever. Like, oh yeah, I'm just going to explain myself uh, in and have my voice in yeah, Playboy. Yeah. When you I saw that, that for the first time. <laughs> What was like? What was the first thought that went through your mind? I'm like, Robin, you're crazy. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I had more kahunas in a way. Yeah. Is that a, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I think I, I think there was a time I had this fearlessness, you know, and I just kind of believed in right, and I believed in standing up. And I kind of believed in justice. There was a time in my life, quite honestly, that, I mean, I was a girl that grew up on musicals. I thought, you know, so whatever yeah. happens, soon it's going to, song's going to break out and everything's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then you realize, oh my God, that doesn't quite happen like that. But you know? it did. It is. Because, yeah, you, you know, it was great, yeah. you know, in the beginning. And then you hit a pit. But then you got blessed with these two kids. And yeah. You raise these two unbelievable men, yeah. and now you're having this second wave right, right now. Right, right. So your musical is, is happening. A song? You're in Hello Dolly right ah, now. No, yeah, it's, no, yeah, it's there's, like, there's no. Like... Your song playing is yeah. Lizzo. I'm 100 percent that. There bitch. you go. Yes. Like, you yes. Are that I bitch. want that T-shirt. Yes. yes. And you know what? I'll tell you something. There was a time that I almost—I I think I was good at a certain thing. 
And then I almost got a little embarrassed about Or I was like, okay, do people think you're like that? Like, you know, you always get that question. So are you like your character? I always and thought. I'm like, see? That's I always I'm dreamed. Well, and I'm not, and I'm not, but I, I felt embarrassed to be so good at it. I, but when this role, when Ambitions came along, yeah. and I read it, and I was like, oh, I can do this. <laughs> and it was like one of the, it was a big thing for me. And we, you know, it's always like a process going on. It was yeah. a big thing for me that I'm not going to be embarrassed or hold back about being able to do this well. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Robin Givens ain't stealing your man. No. Robin Givens ain't stealing your job. No. Robin Givens is not just trying to date the superhero. <laughs> She's going to date the regular man as well. Yeah. Well, Robin Givens would just like to date right about now. But that's a hard I'm going to send out that Playboy picture. Well, I guess I can. That's a long time ago. You better some send things, it. <laughs> some gravity has set in. <laughs> you, do you think it's because people imagine, because you are intimidating in the way you are smart, in the way you carry yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like it takes a certain kind of man to step to you, but when you have this air about you, like, oh, that's Robin Givens, you can't get that, you'll never be able to step to that. Uh -huh. Do you think that hurts you in the dating area? I think, well, I think a lot of women and or people complain about dating, right? For oh, whatever their situation is, 100. dating seems to be like a difficult thing to do, period. But I do think a lot of people think I'm different than I am. Like, and I, you know, you, you just want somebody to get to know you and love you as you. Like I have my little pimple patches on at night and <laughs> most of the time I'm going to yoga class or spin class or, you know, walking around. Yeah. I, I think it's, I'm very different than the women I play. I think I have a little bit of a different energy. Sometimes that can be disappointing to a man too. Like if they want the whole full whatever. They want the ambitions moment. They want, they want like that woman. And you're like, well, that's like a whole team of people to like, get those locks on and you know <laughs> all that stuff it's just not me so sometimes that's a little disappointing um but i mean i would like to think i'm not intimidating but i feel like you're gonna have to go to europe and do the naomi thing where you like find oh. the russian man who's the like russian man. who's like ready and like willing yeah. to like take on that persona because i feel like sometimes as a strong black woman right right it's a little scary yeah but see that's the thing so if you think about it, we're really having this conversation Let's you think it. about like we, I was talking about this with a friend of mine. So you think about like strong black women or strong. First of all, I really believe people are more the same than they are different. Mm -hmm. I think with black women, and we've said this, like our we grew up with mothers yes. as the head of the household. So I think a lot of women, black women, we're talking, I'm a black woman. You don't want to do everything. Yes. You don't want to be everything. It just needs to kind of get done. Yeah. And I would love for that not to have a negative connotation, but instead applaud the yes. woman that steps up yes. and does that. I, I think, you know, for me in a relationship right now, as a grown-up woman, I would love somebody that kind of thinks I'm funny and cute, and but you still want to feel safe with them. Um, and for me, which I wanted for my boys to raise gentlemen, to me that really, like, to me to be a man that's strong enough, secure enough, to be gentle yeah. um, is really important to me. This is, There's this thing that's happening in Hollywood right now with black actresses, and it's this sisterhood mm -hmm. where everyone is banding together. Mm -hmm. Everyone is supporting one another. Was that the same feeling in the 90s? 
look, when I first started doing television, I, first of all, I started before the 90s. I think I think Lisa, 85. Bo- Lisa Bonet was on TV, and then I was on TV. So, yeah. you know, when I met Lisa, that was like, I was like, oh, Cosby Show. You know, that was huge. I don't think there were many black women on before that. No. Um, I mean, I grew up with, you know, we grew up with all good, good times. times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But... So, but when I got head of the class, there just weren't many people that looked like you on television. Yeah. So now I love when you talk about a team of people. There are different colors and shapes and sizes, and so many. Oh, it's, it's a just, coloring box I out there. I love it. It's good. I love it. I love it. I love it. So to have that camaraderie um, and to feel too like there's enough for everyone. Yeah. You know, if I think about even Oprah's network. When you look at that lineup, there's enough for everybody. everybody. You don't have to feel like if I if you get it, I there's nothing for me yeah. to do. You know what because, I mean? Again, Oprah is creating things for women like herself. Right. And you guys have because you've worked with Oprah twice. Yes. Yeah. I don't know who in the hell gets to sit with Oprah twice. <laughs> Unless she killed your husband twice <laughs> and she doing a where are you now? <laughs> That's like the only time you get to sit with yeah. Oprah twice, but you've gotten the blessing to work with the O twice. What's it like working on ambitions? And what's it like? Like, what's the trickle down effect? Let's, what's the feeling on set and from that whole team? Well, you know, when I first did, I remember getting Women of Rooster Place. I used to lose so many things to Ray Don Chong. I don't remember if you remember. No. Ray Don Chong. Ray Don Chong. What was she in? Oh, Ray Don. She did Soul Man, because I remember I was going to, yes, you know? Yes, yes, um, yes. With the cur- color purple. Yes, she did the color purple yes. with Oprah. So it was always like, you and Ray Don Chong, oh, man, I'm not going to get it. God and then it. Women of Rooster Place was the thing I got. She got her ass. Okay, for and people I, who don't know, Ray Don Chong got her ass knocked out <laughs> by Oprah in the club. In the, in the, in, in color purple. I don't even remember. Purple. Yeah, but she was in the yes. color purple. So that was, I remember Women of Rooster Place being a really big thing. You got it. You're like. You know, when you get that call, it's like... Finally. And then um, the book itself for Women of Rooster Place was always a really lovely book for me. Wow. I love playing Kiswana. And then with what we do, there's so much downtime. So we had so much time, Oprah, Lynn Whitfield, Jack A, just sitting around talking about life. Legends. Yeah, you know, I mean, nobody feels it. You're just women talking about... Everything. Life. Um, so it's nice to kind of like grow, grow up and now be with her again at this time in my life. I mean, yeah. I feel like there's sort of no accidents. For sure. Um, so it's interesting to kind of circle back and now she like has a network and, <laughs> <laughs> and a bunch of different shows, but, but it's nice. For me, it's really particularly special. I mean, in this conversation, are you feeling like your musical is happening? <laughs> Like, I keep on hearing the music come up. Like, your musical is really happening. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it is. I feel I feel happy. I don't want to be afraid to be happy and, and, and branch out and spread my wings and mm-hmm. fly and and be all that I was intended to be. Yes. Um, I don't want to be afraid of that. I really want to enjoy it. And there's something about ambitions that... I don't know if, if it's our writer. I don't know if it's Will Packer. I, maybe it's just all of it where my embracing my strengths and where I am now yes. that I feel like I can just fly doing it. It's also about being a woman of a certain age and going through shit mm-hmm. and knowing that you, like, getting that strength from everything that you've been through, mm-hmm. from going to college at 15 to going through the troubles when you were 22 to having a child, mm-hmm. you know, and going through all those moments. Putting you back at that moment with Oprah mm-hmm. in ambitions, 
is where you're just bottling up everything you went through mm -hmm. and you're bringing that to that character. Yeah. It seems like. I think that, you know, it's so funny. We were sitting at a luncheon and, and Oprah, like, we've known, we've, you know, like, you know, she's come to my house and spend the night and we like, you know, we talk and just as, I mean, you know what I mean? Just as women, just as women, you know, but just as women, you know, we've had this, this thing at a certain time in my life. Um, and now, like you said, to have kind of really grow up and I think growing up is a process yeah. and then life kind of teaches you and grows you up. You know, life itself has to grow you up. So for, sure. for Oprah to be back in my life, I almost feel like there's so many things that I've been through now that, and I hope this comes out right and in a humble way, but I mean it from the bottom of my heart. It makes me want to cry in many respects. But I feel like like this network is perfect for me. Like, yeah. Or for me to represent this network in any way means a lot to me yeah. to, i feel like to have gone through what i went through and to kind of i've tried to give women that don't have a voice a voice when i feel like i didn't have yeah. a voice or or direction and i'm talking about women all different shapes and sizes and colors who but i think that in many respects and i say it humbly i'm almost the perfect representative yeah uh for this network because of all of that for sure and you've done it yeah You've given women a voice. You've given a platform to something that got swept under the rug a lot. Yeah, the National yeah, Domestic yeah, yeah. Abuse Hotline. And you certainly gave my aunt the comeback of a lifetime. <laughs> I love it. That bitch thinks she's Robin <laughs> Gillis. She ain't no Robin Gillis. Why are you Gillis? making me cry? Why are you crying? You're making I me love you. I time. love you. And I'm going to say this because it took me a minute. Mm -hmm. It took me a minute to realize why you don't see that you are in your musical right now mm -hmm. and it's because you are an ambitious woman mm -hmm. and it's because you're not going to settle for i'm happy mm -hmm. but i know i can be happier right. and i know my life is going to go to the next step i don't think you're going to have your musical moment until you walk across that oscar stage oh, wow. until yeah. you walk across yeah. this moment and get to 15 seasons right. of a show and right. your son is married and the other one's having right. a baby and this is all <laughs> happening and you're gonna right. say oh shit i'm having an open <laughs> moment i can retire i can start my life start yeah. the music i think i think that's why women connect with you so mm -hmm. much mm -hmm. is because you aren't settling mm -hmm. and you're not doing just enough yeah you know what i mean yeah for me it's a nice place to be to and full circle in the respect that i just always loved acting and now i'm back to loving acting again yeah so the acting i felt like brought me to this attention that i wasn't prepared for that i was like okay well forget it leave me alone everything yeah. i don't want to do that i'm out i'm out yeah and now i'm like no 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 you get to do the thing you love i i love I love. And yeah. you're prepared for it. Yeah, now. and I'm prepared for it. Yeah. Yeah. Because girl came back hard, Riverdale <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ambitions. Yeah. Like you just came back and I'm so I was ready for it. Oh, I'm glad. I'm, I'm so glad. happy. Thank I'm you glad. so much for joining me today. Thank you. I Thanks for having me. Appreciate it yeah. so much. Thank you. You are the you're best. Lovely. Thank you. Let me get uh, my producer, Vanessa, up in this bitch right now. This was an unbelievable conversation, but it's so crazy to see this lighthearted, funny, like... The other side of her. other side yeah, of her, for you sure. know? It's so insane. She's so deep and she's so thought out and she's just 
more grounded than like I expected. I always knew she was grounded, but just way more rooted. I totally agree. I was really pleasantly surprised by how friendly and like you said, grounded and open she was. Cause you never know what you're gonna get when you sit down. And I do really love that Robin was open about the domestic violence thing because it's super, super important. And like statistics are staggering when it comes to that. Like one in four women. No, for sure. Mm -hmm. It's something to talk about and talk about your survival and talk about how you came out of it and what it taught you in life. Right, right. Because there is another person, man, woman, child, mm -hmm. that's listening to this mm -hmm. saying, okay, well, this person had the hope. They had the courage to get out and I'm gonna find some of that in me. And I think that's why it's important to have these mm -hmm. conversations. Well, and there's no stereotype. I think a lot of times people think there's a stereotype to domestic violence and there's not. Like even myself, I was in an abusive relationship in oh, high wow. school from 16 to 20. Wow. And it happens to so many women, like you said, and so many people don't talk about it. So the fact that she came out and she, she does yeah. talk about it, she was like an advocate for women and trying to give women a voice, I think is super, super important. How did you finally get the courage to get out of it? I just like snapped one day, literally just snapped. He had hit me and I got up and was like, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. Did people Just know around you or did you hide it? Uh, I hid it. My family, nobody knew. None of your friends? No. Mm -mm. No one. They had no clue. Because I was a cheerleader. So anytime I had a bruise or whatever, I blamed it on that. Do you remember the first moment that it started? Yes, I do. Vividly? Yeah. At a high school party in an apartment, he got jealous of something and twisted the skin on my back. Just like as he had his arm around me. It was the first little... But you remember it. Clear as day. Yeah. But like at 16, it was like he was my first and I was young and I was in love and I, you know. You went through this whole fairy tale yeah. moment, the lifetime And I knew moment. the whole time. I was like, what am I, what am I doing? Like yeah. every time it happened, I was like, what are you doing? Like yeah. I was raised in an incredible house, incredible parents. Like I was like, you know, popular, all of these things. Like none of the stereotypes, right? Yeah. So didn't have an abusive father, no daddy issues, nothing. So it was very strange that I was trapped in it for so long. But it's almost like a circular thing, right? Then it happens, and then there's the makeup. Yeah. It's the vicious cycle. You get cycle. stuck in the cycle, yeah, and you yeah, feel yeah. the passion, yeah. and you think it's love. What did your parents say when you finally revealed that you had been in an abusive relationship under their roof? They were devastated because he was under their roof. Family trips, Hawaii, Mexico, was allowed to stay the night. You know what I mean? Like he was under the roof. They were devastated. Yeah. And heartbroken that I didn't tell them, but I think I just felt like I needed to manage it on my own. And I was embarrassed, obviously, at the time. I was super embarrassed by it. Let me ask you this question. Have you forgiven yourself for it? Yeah. Yeah, I've forgiven him. You've forgiven him. Yeah. You I saw him on. somewhere and was like super pleasant. My friends are like, how could you talk to him? I'm like, it takes so much more energy to be angry and hate someone than to not care, right? So by not holding on to that anger, not holding on to that hate, freed me in a sense, right? And then was able, allowed me to forgive myself. I learned about abusive relationships and I learned that they can happen in high school from Lifetime. Yeah, I watched a Lifetime movie yeah. with Kiki Dunst when she got pregnant and her boyfriend Ray hit her and I didn't ever compute that domestic violence could happen in in high school or to kids it like my age and it school, happens a lot the, the worst part about it but we never have those yeah. conversations as a mother mm -hmm. are you prepared to have those conversations before all of this absolutely because i also have a daughter so that would be i will absolutely make sure that my daughter understands that yeah. it's a possibility and that it's not okay yeah you know damn look i've been working here for a mother 
here with you on Just the Zip. <laughs> I got stories. I got stories. I got stories. <laughs> you know what? From me to you, thank you for sharing that. Of course. Of course. I... I kind of knew coming in I was going to share it because I was Good. anticipating that you guys would talk about it. Good. And I thought, oh, this is a something I'm totally happy to share. Yeah. Well, that got deeper than I thought. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I know we like to have a lot of fun here, but on a serious note, if you or anyone you know is dealing with domestic violence, don't hesitate. Pick up the phone and dial 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-SAFE. Thank you guys for listening. And to watch this interview, you can go to the E! News YouTube channel and click on Just The Sip. Don't forget to follow me at The Lady Sitter. Like this podcast. Comment on it. Let us know how you feel. If you have feedback, we'll be reading those comments too. We'll be right back next week with another great sip.